welcome back to Unpack This Brain. My name is Eunice and I'm here with Josh. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> after, after a whole season of like doing that weird like pause for effect. Yeah, kind that's of thing. it. It's like oh pause gosh. for effect, Josh. Yes, no, no one else, no one else. That's it's just, it. Just to say to say. And we are back for another episode talking about all things mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we've sort of come up with a few a few topics that we wanted to have a bit of a discussion about um, and yeah, and see where we go to oh. there. Oh. But maybe, could I start the session by like just doing a quick like rating? Like how are you feeling at this point in time? Out of 10? Out of 10? With 10 being the best. Hmm. Let's see. Um, I'd probably go with, I'd probably go with a 7.5. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, wrapping up for the academic year already, so, like, I'm glad, like, that part is over, but there's a lot of uncertainty ahead. Mm. Um, I'm going okay. I'm going okay, like, in spite of all the other dramas that's happening on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. That I won't get into. Um, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're surviving. And I'm like, that's, that's, look, it's temple. Like. Almost at the end. Everyone <laughs> in education is like surviving honestly like right we're almost we're all climbing all... the mountain because we're like oh we have to prep for next year i'm like oh my god there'll yes. be a collective sigh at the end of <laughs> when yes. the holidays begin i know <laughs> such a relief yeah how about you uh probably like a seven out of ten like things Ooh. i'm having a good mental health week this week and That's so a good excellent. day today yeah just tired because yeah working in education and so much to juggle um like transferring jobs at the end of the year so lots to juggle but i'm always i'm grateful for it all it's all it's gonna be good but i'm also grateful for a rest i know <laughs> which will come soon oh my gosh we're like we're like almost there we've passed the halfway mark already yes we have there's only three more weeks for the year 12s for us Oh no, two really. No, it's the end it of the week. Be less than, yeah. It's the end of the week. It's already, the end of the week. So, so by yeah. the time this goes out, it's probably like a week left before the twelve is say goodbye. Yeah. And then it's a staged goodbye after that. So. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Did you want to go with your topic first? I think it's actually quite sort of well tied into what you were gonna bring in mm. and sort of what we were going to do talk about and unpack today was TikTok. Yes. Mental health, but also vicarious trauma. So for context, I guess, what I'd probably like to get started with is what is our relationship with TikTok? Mm. (laughs) Because I am a very late bloomer to TikTok because, you know, classic millennial, I shouldn't have to be bothered with TikTok. Yeah. But then, you know, working in education, obviously, I kind of need to be on TikTok just to get a sense of what's. What's out there? What's out there. What am I? What? Are, why do my kids keep saying this shit, bussing, bussing? You know, those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have TikTok purely and simply for like trying to suss out what's going on with like trends and mm. virality and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's my relationship with it at the moment. Yeah. How about you? I mine fluctuates. Like I think that I started off like that, but nowadays I don't or on TikTok as often okay. as I used to. Yeah. Um, but I but I hear a lot of things being referenced and I know it's coming from TikTok. Yes. Um, 
and we I have a lot of conversations in the counseling room about TikTok mm. and about like I always like to ask them what's on their for you page and like what like what what are the themes of their TikTok you know oh. what I mean like because I feel like you like can learn core yes yeah, so you can learn a lot about about a person if if you can if they can tell you like what their TikTok themes are yeah like, do they see yeah a lot of cottage core do they see a lot of um dancing videos i don't dancing know videos, that was very like k-pop fan cams yes thirst traps oh like, yeah yes. that's it yes Design. a lot of things and i, I think for, for people who aren't into tiktok it's basically just like a collection of looping videos yeah and like sh- they're on the, more on the short side they're more well now they've got like minute long videos they've got yeah. three minute long videos oh that's pretty like, long they've just like they're slowly rolling out like 10 minute long Ooh, explainers. That's like, like a wow, YouTube video long. I know. Wow, we're blending all of these <laughs> platforms together. But I guess for, for people who don't really know how the algorithm works, it's just when you sign up, it basically just throws a bunch of random stuff up on your For You page, mm. which is what you land on. But then as you start engaging, as you start liking, favoriting, saving, sharing stuff, and searching for certain tags, that's how the algorithm starts then looking at okay this person likes this and i'll just put more of the same yeah and it also kind of works as a location-based sort of thing is that if you're in this area it'll show you tiktok's relevant to this area yeah which is quite interesting because obviously when you work in schools and you know your young people you <laughs> use tiktok religiously yeah you'll see tiktoks from the school come on like that happened to me very recently. I was uh, like, algorithm, why are you showing me TikToks from kids in this particular school? Oh, I, like, yeah. and I was like, no. <laughs> I'd be so scared of that happening. Though. No. <laughs> but, um, so that's the general idea. Yeah. About it. Um, and I know we were going to like, like weave in sort of the mental health TikTok. Yes, which is a big part of TikTok. Well, at least for me, because I guess that's my algorithm. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Mental health call. Can you believe? <laughs> See, you, you have a very different for you page to me. Yeah, that's I guess because now I'm, I'm on TikTok now solely just to see what sort of like K-pop trends are coming yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine was curated specifically by my best friend because ah. she sent me a whole bunch of stuff that I was already interested in. So mm. it's curated like perfectly around that, which is mostly mental health and then okay. cats and ah, yes. then like parenting stuff, which is very interesting. Mm. I like that. But yeah, I wanted to focus more on the mental health stuff and like how much information, but also sometimes misinformation Mm. is out there um, with TikTok videos. Mm. Because I guess, you know, anyone can make TikTok videos. So there are times when people make um, some maybe more, um, they're meant to be informative videos, but are mostly just about their personal experience. Mm. Um, And as we know, like everyone's individual. So everybody sort of... um, you know, if you have like a certain diagnosis, for example, some people can can sh- present differently. Yeah. Um, just depending on their situation. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about that. So do and does any mental health stuff pop up for you? At all? Some sometimes on for you page. Mm. A lot of it because I get TikTok sent to me um, around mental health tend to be on the um, spectrum side of TikTok. Yeah. They're talking about autism, ADHD, ASD. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the particular side of mental health TikTok that I've been exposed to. Yeah, those are the ones I've seen as well. Because I think there is a little bit of a rise on like people maybe being more interested in 
um, their own <coughs> cognitive or mental health and like what that looks like. And I feel there's a lot of people that are really leaning on TikTok to maybe self-diagnose or like understand themselves more. Um, which, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in two minds about it. And I think it's good to like get the ball rolling mm. on what your mind might be like. Yeah. Um, but then I guess the next step is, is like if you want to get the diagnosis to go and get it from a professional yeah, kind of assessed, a thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's also sort of, I'm also in two minds of it as well, is that um, I know that there have been news articles that have been published like earlier this year, if not late last year, um, where they were talking about, oh, like a number of, um, oh yeah, there was some other phenomenon we're trying to explain, but like the fact that a lot of women are recognising symptoms of ASD and being on the spectrum based on um, information that is on TikTok mm. and like I know that histo- I know that historically it's like been underdiagnosed in, yeah, in and women, women right because yeah. there's a presentation difference yeah which is you know it's a good thing to acknowledge the systemic limitations and the barriers that have been presented in traditional assessments mm. um, but also I'm also in the mind of if you really want the diagnosis please go and see someone yeah um, but then it's the it, lends itself to this other question of is the diagnosis going to be your fallback and be the reason why you behave terribly to other people mm. right where a diagnosis should not be your excuse mm. right? I've seen people try and use like oh I have ADHD therefore I'm going to be a piece of shit to someone it's like no 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 mm. Being, having a diagnosis of a clear mental health condition you know, whether it be something on the spectrum or otherwise, does not give you the ability to then be a terrible person to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that is not something that we want to have continue to be a stigmatization of mental health. Yeah. Right? Because there have been in the past that like, people use their mental health, um, or in the case of illegal things like insanity, they will plead insanity to get a lower sentence, right? Mm. But then some people take advantage of that and then we enter the whole systemic conversation again around mental health is a stigma and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So like I it is really difficult as a mental health care professional to be like to both advocate but then also hold off on the whole like TikTok as a communication. Yeah. Thing. For sure. I feel like it's always so um, helpful to like ask people that want to get diagnosis like um i guess why because it's so interesting to hear why because a lot of them do say it is about just knowing like why they think a certain way like they want to get answers sort of a thing and then some people like need it like for ndis or like some sort of extra funding or help for example um but it's always nice to hear why because then i feel like you can you know, it kind of weeds out the ones that are saying, like, they... they Do it for clout? Yeah. Because then you hear all the other reasons, like... Yeah. And most of the other... Like, most of the other reasons are, like, they want to understand themselves better. Kind of a thing. Yeah, or get the appropriate um, help that they need. Yes, and that's something that is extremely genuine. So you don't want to stop people from doing that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, two minds about TikTok for sure. And, like... I think you just got to take everything on there with a bit of grain of salt. Like, yes. not everything is true on there. No. Yeah. Even people that claim to be therapists. 
Because, <laughs> again, all therapists work differently as yeah. well, so... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not everything is true on them. No. And it's... And that's sort of the thing that we need to be aware of. It's like all social media. It's like you're presenting mm. a... A version of yourself that you want to be validated by other people. Especially on TikTok. Like, if you put yourself on public and you tag yourself in all of these different tags like FYP and stuff like that you're you know you're looking at the validation you're looking at the likes the engagement and the saves that's your serotonin boost for for the day the week the month whatever yeah but it's like some people yeah it's just an interesting space to to be in yeah especially as we both work with young people and we know that um, social media does have its good parts in facilitating connection. Yeah. But also it has this very, you know, very clear um, bad side to it in terms of bullying, cyberbullying that goes on. Yeah. I've had kids disclose to me that they've been cyberbullied by randos through Instagram. Yeah, they talk about like, like TikTok, oh, TikTok, sorry, uh, Snapchat and like yeah. bots. Yeah, yeah. What's like harassing them? Mm. And I'm like, oh god, that's yeah. so bad. Well, it's like there's there's the good bit and the bad bit, and we have to make sure that we acknowledge the bad bit. Yeah. And how do we foster good etiquette and engagement with other people through social media? Yeah, like what your boundaries and also like your. I had another word, but I can't remember it. <laughs> but just like, how do you manage it so that it's not yes. becoming like every. How- Yes, everything your whole life. You, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So For sure. that's sort of where it's an interesting space. I mm. mean, like it's going to be here, and then we have to look at a new app that's going to come on. Oh, sorry, be, be real, real, yeah. <laughs> Which I know a lot of millennials My are like Lord. not. I like trying to hold off, but I, I'm I'm now on Be Real, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not on TikTok, so that's. <laughs> so how is your experience with Be Real? Because it's. I guess for people who, who have not heard about what this app is, it's basically asking you to take a real-time photo, like a forwards and, and a back a, and a yeah, selfie and a photo. selfie photo of what you're doing at a particular time. Yeah. And you'll get notified by the app and you have like two minutes or something. Yeah, to take a photo. and yeah. But then so then it, sh- like, it like low-key shames you when you're late because if you take a photo after, like say it's three hours after the time the notification yeah. comes up, it'll actually say once you take it to your followers or, what, or your friends that it's three hours late so they know like it's not at the right time and then right they, time right, right time yeah and then they made this new thing where like they tell you how many retakes you've taken which i just learned today because i i retook wow. mine once and it came up saying one retake and i was like oh my gosh because i sometimes retake it a million times because like it's blurry or it just doesn't look right because yeah. they're trying to get it like you just take it as is, like no like no filtering, no like editing, like just as is. Um, which yeah, I think it's fun. Like I like it with close friends, just so that it's like, oh, they're doing yeah, but this like at this moment. Thing, right? Yeah, it's more like I have like four friends or that are my close friends, and I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. But I'd be hesitant to start adding like what Renders. I have, yeah, or like what I have on Instagram because it's just a bit too intimate for that. You know, I feel like it's a, <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty intimate app because. Oh, yeah. They see you for, like, whatever you're actually doing. On the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine how Legit. many notifications go up. And it's like, whoops. Yeah, and you can't hide it because you see the front camera and they're like, you know, like, you can tell they're in a bathroom. Yeah. Like, well. <laughs> There's no way to hide it. This is the real me, everyone. Yeah. Like, 
I guess this is too real. Yeah. <laughs> Be too real. Oh my goodness. But yeah. So you're right though that, that this is only the latest and there'll be another there will and there'll be another. Be and if we continue to work on the youth space, like we'll, we'll have to be We'll have to, yeah. There's no way of not escaping that, especially in a youth space. Yeah. Because the kids will be It helps you connect. It really it helps, helps you connect, connect if you understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's sort of why I'm just like I'm just amazed that these young people can still like keep on top of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then spend like also five hours on TikTok. Yeah, so I was like, What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Currently at the this other school that I'm moving to, they don't have a no phone policy, so the kids when they finish their work can go on their phone and it's just like so TikTok, that's a TikTok, thing? TikTok. Actually they can have their phone whenever and that's tricky. On yeah. Interesting. It's really, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember you in high school if you were allowed your phone? We weren't allowed. I yeah, we see, weren't either. I think maybe that's a, Until maybe that's break a private time. school thing. Yeah. But see, ours was like you had to hand yours in, sign in and sign out at the beginning and mm. end of the day. She couldn't even have it at break. Nope. Unless it was an emergency. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for, and keep in mind, this is like, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 15, 10, 15 years in ago the tw- at this point. In the 2010s, yeah. In the late 2000s for me. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, you know, this was before the advent of things like, like that was the MySpace Bebo era. Yeah. And we were stuck on mess- MSN Messenger. Yeah. None of this Facebook. Business. That's it, because it wasn't as instant. Like you had to get on a computer. You had to, log on, you had to wait for your freaking ADSL yeah. to still boot up properly. Because <laughs> like, and the whole point was like you both had to be online At to the talk more than like just leaving a message. Yeah, and that was how that sort of thing. And then you got the advent. Well, like MySpace was around, then it sort of died off. You know, you had places like Tumblr. Yeah. Um, then Facebook came, and it's sort of still the predominant like widely used um app yeah especially so messenger like i think people yeah. still use messenger people still use messenger yeah the younger generation like, don't use don't. facebook they use, they use tiktok it's more they tiktok and insta they whatsapp they, use they still use Telegram. snapchat too which is interesting because i feel like us millennials actually that were using it and then it don't so anymore because then the, instagram yeah and dms and then stories happen yeah but, um, like, the younger ones still, like, in high school, they still really use Snapchat. No, it survived a generation. It did kind of survive a generation. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we'll have all these things and now Tumblr's resurrecting itself because <laughs> it just, like, literally just changed its community guidelines. So. That's it. Not but safe the, for work. Things yeah, can come back. Truly not safe for work. But I guess speaking from my own experience, and I know a lot of other queer people's experience with Tumblr, yeah. is that that's their, that was their queer awakening. Right? Mm-hmm. Because before Yahoo bought Tumblr, mm-hmm. that was like where a lot of, you could find a lot of stuff. In yeah, Tumblr. you could express you could find, yourself. You could express yourself. You could, you could create an anon, like, random fan account and just, like, reblog stuff. Yeah. For the sake of it. And for those people, particularly the queer people, who use Tumblr as a way to figure out whether what their sexuality was or their gender identity was, um, it was incredibly powerful. Mm. And then to have that then taken away a couple of years ago, a lot of them moved on to things like Twitter. Yeah. Lord knows what happened there. Um, and <laughs> Twitter's then, a mess. And now it is now, especially. And now with Tumblr coming back, I can foresee a lot of the queer people who used to be on there 
you know, the great reactivation might come back. But it might be a good thing where, you know, um, the younger queer people have that space now to be anon um, and then just reblog the all the gay shit that Yay, they want, right? Yeah, because it was helpful for... Like, it was helpful. And and the generation. wonderful thing about Tumblr was that, like, the policing, like, the, the self sort of, like, regulation with, like, hate comments and stuff like that was pretty, like, at least from my experience, it was quite strong. Yeah, like, it wasn't a culture to bash people, like, no. on, like, Twitter is, you know what yeah. I mean? It was, like, it was a, it was a nicer space. space. Wholesome. Yeah. 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 But, you know, then you have place. Yeah, that's where fanfic lived. Yes. I'm oh, going to man. say that's where fanfic lived. I literally lived. remember my Tumblr days, like, so fondly. Like, I literally sat there <laughs> for hours reading fanfiction, reblogging One Direction and Harry oh, Potter. Oh, my lord. Like, just for hours. <laughs> that's where the. Hours that's where, hours. like, the K pop community, foreign K pop community, sort of thrived mm. on thing. Because oh. you were able to post, like, photos there. That's the fanfic people point. got their kick out of that. Yeah. Um, That's a good point in that it was international. Like, things yes. that were happening overseas, like, could be so easily shared mm. on Tumblr. And queer activism, like, a lot of that boosting mm. happened on Tumblr, mm. right? It was such a nice community. <laughs> it was. And, like, maybe we'll revisit that in the future. Yeah, we'll see if it but, like, re- revives. Of, I guess, TikTok, the other thing, you know, we were talking about it earlier, um, I know uh, before we started recording was the whole vicarious trauma thing mm. and um, for a lot of people recently who are in that sort of Korean cultural space and who are fans of K-pop and stuff like that or uh, within the Asian diasporic community would have probably seen a lot of news around what happened in Itaewon mm-hmm. in Seoul um, during Halloween the weekend um, I'm not going to recount the details here. That's not freely available now on mainstream media. But the whole thing about vicarious trauma is that I've seen reports on Twitter um, that the South Korean government are now providing support to those who have been affected by um, consuming a lot of social mm. media posts okay. about the about what happened in Itaewon without them being directly affected. Yeah, cool. Um, for additional context, like social media use in South Korea, particularly amongst um, Gen Zs and Millennials, is quite a lot. Mm. Um, they use different, slightly different platforms. Mm. Um, but those that would be familiar to the, you know, would be like Line, Uzi Line, Naver, um, Twitter, Instagram. Those are also quite common there, mm. um, and to some extent TikTok. Um, but a lot of the media, a lot of the raw camera footage um, that was viewed internationally was uploaded to Twitter. Right. And you could see the disaster just unfold. Yeah. And for those of us who, you know, like, because the algorithm, the algorithm will just show it to you because, oh, you, like, it will follow the trend of you like this person and this person like this person. So yeah. It will show it to you, right? Yeah. And it's just seeing that constant... You know, you're, you're continually viewing this. Yeah. Traumatic, clearly traumatic event. While you're not directly impacted by it, you are feeling those effects because mm. you know, it's saturation. Yeah. It's saturation. It's yeah. literally everywhere. It's everywhere. And my heart really does go out to the Koreans who, you know, are going through this. Yeah. A lot of South Korean people that are going through this. Awesome. And 
you know, there are quite a number of foreigners that who also were impacted by this. And yeah. having that spread through impact a lot of different nationalities as well. You, I just do feel a lot for that because even though, you know, I don't have anyone, at least not that I knew directly, who was impacted by that. As a, as a healthcare professional, mental healthcare professional, you do feel that. Yeah, I think like that's like when you have empathy for other people and that, it just really comes out. Even though you don't know anyone personally, it mm. just feels bad yeah. to know that this has happened. Yes. And like this is the second greatest tragedy for South Korean Gen Z and millennials that has happened in the last you know, 10 years. Mm. Um, the first one, um, the first great tragedy for the, our generation was um, the Sewol Ferry incident, which you know, took the lives of quite a number of uh, middle school children. Mm. And that's an ongoing conversation that South Korea has to have regarding safety and welfare. But yeah. I've seen discussions on Twitter and um, on mental health groups that I'm a part of where we are looking at quite a large population of South Koreans who will experience vicarious trauma right now. Mm. And the support that they're going to get will need to be ongoing. Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, other countries haven't expressed this too. I think it's harder for us as Asians to talk about the whole mental health effects when we still have some parts of the population that still don't believe mental health exists. Yeah. Um, it's so it's I I can foresee a lot of it going to be an ongoing conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, for those of us in the diaspora, you know, where climate change is impacting families back in our own home countries, um, I'm just thinking of a lot of the um, Filipinos who were just affected by the last typhoon that went through, yeah. and all those other things. And we've gone through a little bit of vicarious trauma ourselves because we've had two floods this year yeah and the ongoing threat of more I was gonna to say, come this summer oh yeah more floods and then I thought you said war because I was thinking about the oh, war and the war in too in Ukraine. Ukraine Ukraine yeah, yeah. Um, we're going through it now hectic. because social media is so prevalent yeah and it's so easy to share that yeah like you said most of the footage from this most recent thing in South Korea came from people's phones like yeah. people that were there and so that is such raw footage that like back in the day the news probably wouldn't have shown i know in australia at least they're very like careful what they show in their news yeah um but like now the internet can show you anything they can show you really disturbing things yeah and that's like another two you know i am in two minds about this because we need to have transparent documentation of what's really going on because media is always going to present a different perspective mm. and sometimes a very curated perspective. Yeah. And on the and on the other hand, we don't want um, people to go through vicarious trauma processes every couple of days. Yeah. Right? So that's that balance of how much do you engage with that material as a consumer of social media versus making sure that the, the accuracy of the information is correct mm. and you're, you know being shown the perspectives of people who were yeah I think that's something that we all have to sort of wrestle with yeah and like I guess manage ourselves in that we have the power like you yourself have the power to um, you know monitor how often you engage or like how long you engage in, in it 
Because yeah. I think it's always going to be out there, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's up to you, like, if you can, if you know you've had enough, like, to put your phone down mm. and do something else kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's like, it will, and here's a bit, it will never be perfect. Yeah, it will. It will it never won't. be perfect. And because, you know, these are huge multinational corporations that... Need money to survive. <laughs> yeah, this is like our future now. It's like everything, you can find everything on your phone now. <laughs> and it's like, how do we manage that for yeah. your mental health kind yes. of thing? But also, how do how do systems, how do governments ensure that you're, you're you know, being able to keep people safe, mm. but also ensure accountability? Mm. And that's something I think as a society we have to ask some very deep questions about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that Elon is controlling Twitter. Yeah. It's like how comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> are we? I was like, I'm not. Totally. That is wild. Like it's like such a. I feel like such a biased platform. It will be such come such a biased. I mean, platform. it's already started. Yeah, because then he like kicked- the racism's back. Yeah. And it's just like, Boo. well, I know. Boycott Twitter. Yeah, fuck you, Elon. Yeah. What he said. Yes. And that's the thing. It's like, that's the reality we have to live with. And you can disengage from social media all you want. But I think for us in the mental health field, we kind of still have to keep at least some form of connection to that. Because our clients will be the ones that will tell you what's going on. Yeah. They will be the ones that... You know, in particularly for those young people that we work with, yeah, it will always be on there. Yeah, they're always connected. They will always tell you what's going on. Yeah, what what shit's gone down? Who's been cancelled? <laughs> all of that fun stuff. Is this shit still busting, busting? Yeah. Um, and you know, it again. It's like the pandemic has made things very different, mm. and we can't go back. Mm. Right? We have to sit with what we've got and we kind of have to work with what we've got now. Yeah, that's it. Work, work with what we got. Because yeah. we can't yeah, necessarily change it, but we can learn to manage yeah. it. Yes. I want to move away from the, <laughs> the darkness that we've been in for a couple of things. But I wanted to ask you, in a, in a world where your algorithm was perfectly tailored to you, yes. what kind of content would you love to see yeah. on your social media? I would love to see... <laughs> I'd love to see cat videos. <laughs> like It's like I'm gone back to like the 2000s, but honestly, Gosh. I still love cat. Well, I love them more than I did because I have a cat now, so I, I love her. And mm. so I would just like to see all the cute cat videos. Yes. Um, and then... I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I feel like all I can think of is cat videos because I don't, I don't even want the mental health stuff. Like I want, I want stuff that isn't related to my job because <laughs> I feel like work is work. You know what I mean? So maybe like, maybe like home decor stuff or like Ooh. food or like things related around like cool food oh, or yeah. restaurants around Brisbane or like yes. around yeah around Brisbane so yeah, I can yeah. actually go to them. Okay. I feel like that would be fun. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. How about you? What would be your <laughs> I think top? I think mine's already like sort of halfway there. Yeah. It's queer stuff, <laughs> yeah. K-pop stuff. Yeah. Um, and potentially I'd really like to get onto art TikTok. Ooh, yes. So like just art-based creative like 
stuff. Yeah. Just like helps with the whole like, you know, separate yourself from the world for a hot second. Yeah, that's it. I um, think I've always been that person that likes to use the internet for like escaping. Escapism. <laughs> escapism, yeah. So also I'm like, have it like nothing to do with my real life. Just yeah. like, <laughs> except my cat. I don't want to be TikTok. Yeah. I, really I want some like nice, nice fun things. Yeah. yeah. I think, things that, I think that's what I prefer. Yeah. And yeah. That's a nice note. I think for us to move on to and maybe potentially end it on. Yeah, I think I think we're good for now. What do you feel? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I it's feel, good to wrap up. I think it's good to wrap up. So, mm. thank you everyone for listening to our episode on TikTok, mental health, the internet, vicarious trauma. Um, what a what a plethora of I know, it's a bit of a mixture, of all things related. I know. Um, but yes, we will. Uh, See you slash hear you again on our (laughs) You will you will hear Hear us us. again on our next episode. So we'll see you then. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to follow us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Unpack This Brain. If you'd like to send us any questions, feel free to do so. Use the hashtag UnpackThisBrain or send us a DM or send us an email, unpackthisbrain at gmail.com. This podcast was created by the lovely people over at Great Mates Podcast. Feel free to subscribe to any of our podcasts wherever you're listening. We'd also like to acknowledge the First Nations owners on whose lands we are creating this podcast.